He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. In my new book, The Return, uh, Donald Trump's huge comeback win of 2024 that is coming, um, I revealed that I was a secret advisor to (laughs) President Trump during the entire 2020 election. And uh, there were only about six people that knew it in the White House, counting the president, and then eventually grew to ten, but it was never in the media and never in public. Uh, it was kept secret. And my That's wife, amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, Eileen has this theory that the only reason it never leaks when everything else leaks <laughs> is that they thought Trump was going to win and they didn't want me to get the credit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That makes some sense. Well, the Democratic Party is stewing now because they have this guy named Biden who is going to be their candidate in 2024. And it's like endorsing uh, an anchor <laughs> weighing you down to the bottom oh of, the, God. of the drink. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. These Democratic geniuses have realized that they made a mistake in math. They didn't realize he would be 81 years old when he asked people to reelect him. He was 77, and then they figured they would add some extra years. But four, 81, this is coming as a total shock to them. They that's, are that math, that's that math that Obama wanted. What was it called? Uh, yeah, new math, yeah. No, there was a name for it. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I'll, I'll remember. But, um, yeah, I mean, my God, how would you think – that a guy who was 77 in four years would be 81. What a shock. What a shock. <laughs> and now they're barely recovering from it. And they're wondering, how the hell do we get rid of this guy? At the risk of being crude, there must be 50 ways to leave your lover. 50 ways to leave your lover. You just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, stand. These are all viable strategies for the Democratic Party. (laughs) Up on the bus, Gus, making your plan stand. It's a great song. (laughs) Slip slip out the back, Jack. (laughs) He will, too. Go in the basement. Helping me choose the music and frame the show is my sidekick, Doug DePiro, who's with me, who is a renaissance man in the sense that he's 400 years old. Yeah, yeah. And he... Builds and restores cars and bikes. I don't. Paints murals, pictures, uh, photorealism. But mainly as a friend, he is irrepressible (laughs) and irreplaceable. So wrong. That was pretty good. (laughs) That was pretty good. Yeah. Can I tell a story about uh, the dinner we had not long ago? Yeah. So we have a dinner at Dick's house, and it was great. It was five, eight people uh, at the thing. And early on... Um, his phone rings and it says, incoming call, Rudy Giuliani, incoming call, Rudy Giuliani. So he picks up, because, excuse me, picks up the uh, the phone. goes, hey, Rudy, how you doing? Yeah, the thing we talked about earlier, I just want to get some information. Thanks for calling me back. Get some information on that so I could put it on my show. So Rudy gives him the info that he was looking for. And then he asks, how's Eileen? How, how's everything going on? You know, personal. And that's it. He goes, all right, thanks, man. See you later. We'll have dinner. Okay, goodbye. Um, later on, we're leaving. A couple of hours later, we're leaving uh, – the house and the phone rings and it's president trump so he picks up he goes hello mr president and president says uh, hi dick you know sure he goes thanks for calling me back um dick says to the president thanks for calling me back i appreciate it um i want to know if i could use the picture on my book the new yeah. book that's out of us on the golf course dick doesn't really play golf but you know i used to and he goes absolutely and can you write a blurb for me for the back and this and that sure, sure. then he asked him personal how's Eileen how are things going and that's it and he said thank you very much Mr. President I'll talk to you soon thank you so uh, 
our friend's wife goes up to Dick. He goes, that was amazing. First Rudy Giuliani called. Then President Trump called. That was amazing. Thank you. She gives him a kiss goodbye. She goes, thank you very much. I, I, we're going to go. Because I want you to hang out a little bit. I think God's going to call me. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> President Trump. Who's next? Yeah. <laughs> that was yep. great. So, so that's my story about the How book. do the Democrats get out from under Biden? Uh, that's really what they're looking for now. Uh, because they they cannot go into this election carrying Joe Biden. And by this election, I don't just mean 24, I mean 22, because it's becoming so apparent that he's completely lost it, out of it, and, uh, and what do they do about it? Uh, they have options. They could impeach him. Uh, they could invoke the 25th Amendment, which says that if you can't function and discharge the duties of the office, you can be forced aside even over your own objections. But that's all really, really messy. Mm. And Biden will fight it because of his dignity. Um, and also Jill won't let him do it. But I think that the uh, I think that what's going to happen is they're not going to do anything until the 22 election. It's too traumatic and too difficult, and they don't want to get into a big split with Biden. You mean before? Before the election. November. Uh-huh. But I think that once uh, they lose the election of 22 in massive style, which I think they're going to do, in my book, The Return, I lay out how massive it's going to be, and it's going to be massive. Wow. This will be the biggest midterm election defeat in American history. Wow, you really think that? I do. Wow. It'll, it'll, I mean, to say we might or might not carry the Senate is ridiculous. Uh, in fact, I'm now working on a project with John Jordan and John McLaughlin. We've had them on the show. Where what we're planning to do is to uh, is to go to Senate races that nobody thinks we're going to win, and see if we can win those, because right now there are only four seats that the Republicans are thinking that they're going to pick up: uh, Georgia, uh, Nevada, New Hampshire, and uh, Arizona. But I think they're going to pick up a lot more than that, uh, and that only becomes apparent as election day approaches because the party trends in an election only assert themselves really at the end, and then they assert themselves massively. So uh, I think that we better be prepared to run to win a couple of other races. And the danger here is that the party, the Republican Party, will put all of its money into those four marginal races and some other incumbents that need it that they'll give money to so they're happy and uh, not pay attention to the other races. And mm. I think that that could then become a self-fulfilling prophecy that limits us to a pickup of four seats. And I think we can do much better. So what I'm doing is I'm going to look at five other states where I think there is some chance of our winning. The best of that is Colorado, where uh, Bennett is running for re-election, and he's got a good opponent now. And Bennett one last time with only 50% of the vote. He won because there was a libertarian candidate that drew seven or eight, which came right off the Republican vote. Hmm. And I think we could pick up uh, Colorado, but there are others. I th- we're going to poll Washington State. Um, we're going to poll Connecticut, where I think Blumenthal could be had. Uh, we're going to poll wow. New York. Uh, I think that there is some chance that Pinion could beat Schumer. I mean, if you're looking at a state where Kathy Hochul is probably not going to beat Zeldin, Zeldin will probably beat Hochul, what does that mean for the rest of the ticket? And I think there's a heck of a chance that Schumer could go down. Um, and we're going to look at uh, looking at Illinois and uh, looking at a bunch of these states to see where there are additional pickups that we could make. Uh, and the idea is to put those races in play. Anyway, go back to Biden. Interesting. I think that he's gonna, they're gonna, he's gonna have to step aside uh, after the twenty-four election. He won't resign as president, but they'll say continue to serve, but announce now that you're not going to run in twenty-four uh, because they have to remove him from the line of fire. And if the um, if Trump is attacking Biden, it's such an easy target, uh, and it really drags the whole Democratic Party down. Then I think they'll go to Kamala Harris, but I think she'll have the same problem. 
the first time, as, as after Biden announces he's not running again, everybody's going to say Harris, 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 and mm-hmm. then they can do a poll, and uh, they're going to see that Harris is getting only about twenty five percent of the Democratic primary vote, um, and that's in a matchup with some ideal candidates like Michelle Obama, who probably is not going to run, who would be their strongest candidate, and. Um, the uh, but and in the real field against the real candidates, she does very poorly. She gets only a quarter of the vote. And Harris, remember, you're talking about Harris, right? Harris, now. yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And remember that when Harris uh, ran for president on her own, she didn't even make it to the first primary. Her poll numbers were so dismal, she dropped out before Iowa and New Hampshire. Oh yeah, that's right. And that's even having California in her pocket. Her national poll numbers were in single digits. So uh, I don't think she's improved. I think she's gotten worse. And then she'll end up announcing she's not running. And at that point, the deluge opens and all of the Democratic candidates come pouring into the field. And in my book, The Return, I explain exactly what I think is going to happen and follow the script. Once those two are out, all the other Democrats are going to come in. And first, you're going to get a whole lot of sort of establishment Democratic candidates uh, who will uh, who are sent who are leftist, but the national things a little bit centrist. Uh, you'll have Gavin Newsom. You'll have Jared Polis, the governor of Colorado. Uh, you'll have um, uh, Buttigieg, the secretary of transportation, and a bunch of others. And then the blacks will put up a candidate because Harris will be out. And they'll probably put up either Cory Booker or Stacey Abrams if she wins in Georgia and, and becomes the governor in Georgia. Um, and I think that, that – and that's how the field will look. But at that point, the left of the Democratic Party is going to go crazy. <laughs> they have a short distance to go in many ways of getting there. Oh, to get going crazy? <laughs> to go crazy. <laughs> and I think that uh, they're going to go berserk. And at that point, they're going to come up with a candidate. And initially it would be Bernie Sanders, but then they'll realize he's 100 years old. And they, what is he, 84, I think? And looks great for 110. And they'll realize that if uh, Biden is knocked out because of age, Sanders will be too. And then they'll come up with, I think, a new candidate. And I think that's going to be AOC. <laughs> uh, I think she'll make enough noise and be charismatic enough and get that attention. But whether it's Sanders or AOC... That will smoke Hillary out and put Hillary into the Ah. race because she needs an excuse to run. She can't just say I'm running because she's so discredited, lost, and all this stuff. But if there's a reason for her to run, she can use that as an excuse, a pretext, and get into the race. Interesting. And the best pretext she can have is that the crazies are going to take over the party and that I'm the only one standing up for sanity. And the polling shows that guys like Newsom and Paulus and Buttigieg have not, and Warren have not been strong enough to hold the race against the ultra-leftists. So somebody else has to come in to make sure the party doesn't go completely off the deep end, and that's going to be me. And I think at that point, the moderate candidates, the Buttigieg, Newsom, all those guys, will drop by the wayside because they don't really stand for anything. And you'll have an all-out war between the left and the right, between AOC or Sanders on the left and Hillary on what would at that point pass for the right Imagine. in the Democratic Party. Yeah. And uh, it'll be a hell of a fight and it'll be really a lot of fun to cheer. You know, when I first met Hillary Clinton when, when we were both 30, she loves you. I had no idea that this woman would dominate my life <laughs> for the next, you know, 50 years. I mean, still right now you're talking about yeah, it. My God. But she sends you that, that letter that, that she does, that, a Christmas that, card yeah. every year. Every but year. I don't open it because there's white powder on that <laughs> side. This is 77 WABC, and this is the Dick Morris Show. The sell-off in the stock market has destroyed American families and their life savings. Deutsche Bank and Citi are predicting a major recession. Meanwhile, Barron's and Lawrence Leapard are betting that gold 
hits $3,000 within the next two years. Throughout history, smart investors have turned to physical precious metals to bring balance to their portfolios. Patriot Gold Group has the No Fee for Life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver. Call 800-771-4786 for a free investor guide today. 800-771-1786. Patriot Gold Group is Consumer Affairs' top-rated gold IRA dealer five years in a row. So call 800-771-4786. That's 800-771-4786. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Life of danger. To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. If you don't think Washington is dangerous, you haven't been there. Yes. Uh, I don't mean crime in the streets. Uh, I mean the epicenter of crime in Washington is the House of Representatives. <laughs> four of them are under indictment and two more are being investigated. Um, <laughs> it's a bad neighborhood, believe me. Um, so let's go to uh, Lynn on Long Island, who thinks I'm wrong about AOC. Yes, Lynn. Hi. Hi. Yeah, hi. Uh, even brilliant people make mistakes. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. I yeah. Just, let's hear it. I think you are. I think you are brilliant. Um, I, I really disagree about AOC because even Democrats that I know very well, you know, laugh and think she's a joke. It's like, you know, when you were in school and one girl becomes very popular just one year, and then she's finished. She's gone. Nobody talks about her, thinks about her anymore. I think that's what just happened. She got the, you know, the spotlight, and and then she'll be gone. I I don't see any background. A bartender. She was. She has no background <laughs> to ever be a president. Well, she doesn't know anything. She, she's good at building coalitions between rye and ginger and <laughs> Marianne. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Gin and tonic. You know, she's good at building coalitions. McDonald's. Yeah. Well, maybe you're right, Lynn. We'll see. That's interesting. Um, by the way, next week, uh, my guest on the show here will be Tina Forte, oh, Tina. who uh, is running against AOC. Uh, she is the Republican candidate for Congress against AOC. Firecracker. And she's a way to meet her. Oh, my God. She'll set the studio on fire. She's great. Uh, let's go to Gracie in Rockland. Hey, Gracie. Hi. Good morning, Professor. You really have to have more than an hour. Okay. Why I'm calling is this. Uh, this is my thoughts on the matter. The Republican Party, if they really want to win, and if they're not really in the swamp, they have to have a campaign with the the, the senators that are running, Democratic senators, uh, Democrats, and have their faces morph into Biden's and back and forth. Oh, and I'm sure say, that I'm sure that ad has been created in a hundred different races, and it's going to be absolutely constant. But yes. just in case uh, you are hired, uh, Gracie, to be our media consultant, that's a good ad. We call it morphing. One morphs into the other. You got uh, it. Right. I like your accent. You know, um, th- let's. Let's step back and look at stuff for a minute. Two issues that have basically characterized this the uh, the post boomer generation uh, and American politics really over the last thirty years or forty years are race and gender, and they've moved in completely opposite directions. R- race has in fact stopped existing. The about ten, about one out of every three marriages by black people is to are to a white person, yeah. and uh, the increasing merging of the races is really eliminating the races. Uh, yeah. I, I remember when uh, the Yankees had Derek Jeter playing, 
And, you know, in Willie Mays played Jackie Robinson. Oh, that's a black ball player. But with Derek Jeter, nobody called him a black ball player, but his dad was black and his mother was white. And it seemed to me that that really was the post-racial era hmm. and that race is kind of being eliminated as, as, as a fact in American life. I mean, it just is, uh, whether you like it or not. Uh, and the, the number of multiracial children is skyrocketing and ultimately dwarfing those who are pure black or pure Latino, uh, and, and encroaching on those who are pure white. So race is getting less important demographically, but more important politically. Race is everything in politics. I want to name a black woman vice president, right, black right. to the court. I got to name, got to have uh, racial quotas. I've got to have affirmative action. Right. What are they going to do with those race cards? They're going to throw them away? Everything. everything. <laughs> They're going to burn them? Not that kind of race. I'm not finishing second at aqueduct isn't race. <laughs> the, um, but the, but the, they're going to, race has become the be-all and end-all of our society, even as, in fact, it decreases in its salience. Gender has had the exact opposite trajectory. Gender, obviously, now there is a move to eliminate gender differences, uh, trans people and gender change surgery, but it's tiny. It's a small, minuscule part of the population. Gender remains fairly clearly or a man or a woman. Uh, and yet it has become nothing in terms of the political divisions. Uh, the left is freely advocating, and Biden just issued an order saying that you cannot bar trans athletes from competing in women's sports. How could that be? And if you do, you're going to lose federal funding for your school. And 20 attorney generals protested and sued, and uh, the court just, just gave an injunction against the Biden administration. Good. But that was a Trump-appointed judge, and that injunction is not going to stand up. If we want to stop transgender athletes from entering women's sports, there's going to have to be a law or a new president who issues a new order. Hmm. But the point is that we are discarding the gains of feminism hand over fist. It took decades to get Title X passed, which says that you have to have equal funding for male and female sports. And before we passed that, female athletes were less than 10% of the college scholarships. Now they're 50. And female sports at the college level are treated almost equally with men's sports. I don't know anything about the teams at UConn, but I know all about the women's basketball team at UConn. And I think that that's replicated all over the country. And that was such an advance for women. But now it's totally gone because they let men participate in the women's sports and they win it all the time. They should have so, a third, a third. Uh, yeah, they category. should obviously have male, female, and, and uh, transgender. Yeah, sure. But the point is that the the current politics is making race supreme and gender almost not exist. Uh, the gays have taken over feminism, so that the only issue with feminism is homosexual women, and basically. When you get through down to society, our focus for years has been to raise the income and the, uh, the prestige of black men so that the black family is preserved, the nuclear family. But the feminist gay movement now says you don't need black men. Heather has two mommies. And let's replace black men with women. And, that, and you just don't need uh, to spend any time on black men. That's why Biden says, I'm going to name a black woman VP, a black woman Supreme right, Court right, judge. Right, right. And ultimately, the goal of races getting along has been very retarded, even though they're, in fact, amalgamating. And the, but on the other hand, the prestige and the power of feminism and of women and the status of women has declined dramatically in the face of the gay female lesbian movement. Is good.
Ebony and Ivory must be in good shape on, on his uh, piano, but not in society. Yeah. Um, even though they are increasingly merging into one note. But when you think about it, the democratic agenda has completely reversed and stymied the two major social movements that made progress in the last 40 years. Racial integration and female empowerment. Mm -hmm. Reverse them completely. Racial integration now is a sin. They want separate ceremonies, separate schools, separate classes. Uh, They basically want to reverse Brown v. Board of Ed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Forget Roe v. Wade. They want to reverse Brown. And uh, in terms of feminism, they want to disempower women by empowering gay women. And uh, it really, uh, really is is a horrible thing and, to and, see. And they can't find the middle ground. They always, it always has to be one or the other. Well, there is a perfect middle ground. Literally, a third, third right. track. Right. Uh, let's go to Vincent in Brooklyn. Hey, Vincent. Uh, good morning, Dick. Uh, I'd like to mention two things. First, the fact that uh, by Alvin Bragg not charging the girlfriend of this dirtbag who was attacking Jose Alba in the bodega. Yes. And she cut him three times by not charging her also with a crime. Shows that he's a reversed uh, racist, that he's yep. against white people. Because if the, if the scenario was different, had Jose Alba been black and the two people were Hispanic, they would have been, been charged. Number one, I would only let... Men who say they're trans athletes perform on any woman's team if they had a penectomy. You say you're trans? Did you cut it off? <laughs> okay, well, I hate to cut you off, but we are running out of time and up against, <laughs> you'll pardon the pun, a hard break. Oh, my God. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. A man who leads a life of danger To everyone he meets He stays a stranger There are two developments that are going on that are fundamentally reshaping American politics for the future. I mean, like for the rest of our lives. Uh, They're not transitory. One which a lot of people have been talking about is the conversion of Hispanics from the Democratic to the Republican Party. Uh, The polling now shows, polling now shows that Trump beats Biden among Latinos by 50 50 to 44, about the same margin by which he wins the overall election. Trump got 38% of the Latino vote, and Biden got over 60%. Two, year, two years ago, and it has so flipped that now Trump is carrying the Latino vote. That's great. The anti-patriotism of the left has gone so far that it has totally turned off the Latinos. These are folks, I write all about this in my book, and you can read it in detail, The Return. People who came to the Trump realized, and he told us in a meeting, that the people who want to be Americans are going to be our strongest patriots and our best followers. I said, what do you mean, want to be Americans? He said, I mean, cross an ocean to get here, you know, passed through the sharks and, and really made it here. Uh, they're the ones that are going to be the strongest patriots. And he was so right. 
And everybody thought that when he was talking about Antifa and the new left and the crazies, uh, he was appealing to blue-collar white voters, and he was, and that was helpful with them. But the real impact was with Latinos. And the issue with Latinos has become patriotism. It has become America, become the United States of America. And that is a how the Democrats left themselves be maneuvered into that position is unbelievable. But this is earth-shaking. This is particularly the Democratic strategy was very simply let all the immigrants in and then ride the inevitable growth of the Latino population into a permanent Democratic majority. They, they were, were they were drunk. There were books the, that were written that said that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that was their whole purpose. But now they're right. They let them all in. Uh, but they're not voting Democrat. <laughs> they're voting Republican. Thank you, So, Tim. I mean, they are absolutely screwed. But there's a second trend that's going on that I talk about at length in my book that is ultimately more important, even more important than the Latino one. And that is the Generation Z, as in zebra. See, the way it goes is you have the boomers, then you have Generation X, who are the people who came after the boomers, who are now in their 50s. Uh, and then after that, you have the millennials, who are people who are now in their 40s and 30s. And then after that, you have Generation Z, who are now in their 20s. Somewhere in there, there's a why. I forget what the <laughs> age differences are. But why? But the, the point is, among young people, the, in their 30s, they're millennials. In their 20s, they're Generation Z. And we have done extensive polling among them. And uh, the it's, it's all reported in The Return. It's one of the big reasons to get the book, because it really tells you what's happening with them. These folks are becoming Republican. And... The amazing thing about it is they've been through all of this indoctrination in school and in college and in elementary school, for God's sake. Oh, my God. By, by the leftists. And initially, the polls show that when they're under 25, they, they're leftists. Uh, they, they vote left. They think left and everything. Then at the age of 25, like right after they blow out the candles, they are, they become hard right. I mean, the Republicans make a 20 or 30-point swing really? when they pass their 25th birthday because that's when they're out of school, they have a family, they may have children, they're trying to buy a house, and the economic realities right. that Democrats have imposed impinge on them in a huge way and just absolutely cut into their style and cut into their lives. And, man, do they see it. It's 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 unbelievable in the polling. It's a world of difference between a 24-year-old and a 26-year-old. Wow, that's amazing. Find kids who are that age. Go and ask them. You'll see it for yourself. They see the money coming out of their paycheck, right? And they, yeah, they and they see that. their future being foreclosed. Sure. Uh, the student loan debt is crushing them. The, uh, the cost of, and now with mortgage interest rates going up, you forget about a new home mm-hmm. uh, with or home. And with inflation, it's going crazy. You got to move out of your mom's house, but you don't. I mean, you want to, but you can't. And and it all becomes very, very clear to them. And that, and of course, that shift is permanent. You know, because I know that the Democrats are mathematically challenged, and they didn't <laughs> realize Biden would be four years older when he runs for re-election. But really, but the math is obvious. The twenty-six-year-old becomes in the next election becomes 30 and 34 and 38 and goes and will stay with us for our entire lives. It's the snake that swallowed the mouse, and the mouse goes through the body and you see it. <laughs> and uh, it's going to change politics, like, really permanently. So generational politics is really changing in a fundamental way the United States and our country. It's an unbelievable thing. And, you know... We didn't do a damn thing to get that. The, the Republicans, we have no program that appealed to young people. We have no, you know, we didn't legalize pot. We didn't uh, subsidize student loans. We didn't do anything that they particularly wanted. We were lower the drinking age. But what we did do was not be Joe Biden. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you look at the stuff that Biden is doing and you see the impact of it on young people. And he is 
converting people to us massively. I mean, we should pay Joe Biden. I mean, (laughs) what he has done to build the Republican Party is just beyond belief. Uh, Let's go to uh, Stu in Brooklyn. Hey, Stu. Hey, Dick. Dick, what are the chances of Democrats coming up with a a uh, non-political candidate, someone who's uh, sort of the Democrat Trump? I'm thinking it may be a Howard Schultz or Mark Cuban. Now, the the closest they'll get is Michelle Obama. Uh, But uh, the indications are very clear that she does not want to run, does not want to go through that. Uh, she could be a formidable candidate. That would be a tough race. But um, who else? I mean, what, who, who are you going to get? Elon Musk or something? He's not a, not a Democrat. And uh, I, you know, I mean, it's not. It's like you can't just find a Donald Trump. I mean, yeah, right. this is completely sui generis. Um, let's go to Fred in Bayside. Hey, Fred. Um, yes. Hello. Uh, um I have a question regarding to me the one the January sixth hearings is real purposes to divide Republicans and uh into those who would uh, continue to uh, want Trump and those who would be against Trump. Sorry to interrupt you, Fred, but that's not the goal. The goal is to try to frame Donald Trump and make it impossible and illegal for him to run again. Right. By trying to pretend that January sixth was an insurrection under the definition of the fourteenth amendment and that therefore he is precluded from ever holding public office again. But uh, wouldn't when you say that, that they need Trump too, the Democratic Party, because he, uh, they're so bankrupt that um, there's nothing that excites the base and uh, hatred of Trump. Yeah, but come on. The base is, is, is like half of what it was. Uh, the Democratic Party base in that sense, has gone from about 37% of the electorate to about 22%. That's amazing. And when it comes down to 2% or 3%, oh, it'll be very enthusiastic against Trump. But what the hell good is it going to do? Um, but there is very important for us to understand the impact of generational politics because it's forever. It stays with us for our entire political lives. Um and that's that's the key point I'm trying to make in this. The leader of the band is tired and his eyes are growing old. But his blood runs through my instrument and his song is in my soul. My life has been a poor attempt to imitate the man. I'm just a living legacy to the leader. So let's go to my favorite caller, Judith in Brooklyn. Hello, Judith. Hey, Judith. Hi, guys. How are you, both of you? How is everybody? Good. Good? good. Okay. Okay, two things. Number one, Dick, uh, Trump did win, okay, by 67%, November 3rd, midnight, okay? And then with 75 million people behind him plus, I believe, and then all of a sudden all hell broke loose. In the middle of the night when 12 suitcases yeah. came out from uh, whatever and all kinds of shenanigans and all these thousands of people coming forward with, with, with testimonies with Rudy and on and on with 2,000 mules when no one has really allowed the truth yeah. to come out and suppress. So as far as I'm concerned, well, Dick, you and in, Trump definitely won. It did in Wisconsin, you know. Uh, the oh, Wisconsin yeah. Supreme Court has ruled, and they're the final say, well, that big. drop boxes should, could not have been used in the election. And they were. They were a huge portion of the vote. And uh, literally, if they ever had the guts to do it, they should decertify Wisconsin's results. And I'll bet that if that suit is brought in a number of states, they will as well. Wow. But come on, keep your eye on the ball. 24 is the deal. We're not going to throw out a president. Mm. But we are going to bring in a new one. But go ahead, Judith. Thank you. Yes, there were a lot more shenanigans, like dead people voting, a whole story. But listen, you know, I want to tell you, I'm going to pivot a little because I want to uh, point out just how crazy these loony bin uh, Democratic crazies are. Let's start with Biden. Biden handed over our energy to Russia, making Russia the superpower with the energy and us being the uh, people begging to Saudi Arabia for, for, for fuel. He also handed over Afghanistan to the Chinese. This is Biden. Oh, my God. Now he's, 
Yeah. Now he's busy. Now he's busy. They're trying to push, you know, these climate changes. They think they are more powerful than God, Dick, because they think they can change the climate. Give me a break. Their grow green reminds me of like, and I'm talking now about something they're trying to push. They're trying to now get rid of the gasoline cars. They want everybody to now uh, purchase electric cars. So let me just tell you something. When a doctor, you know, like a doctor's pushing a certain drug, and then you find out the side effects are far worse than the drug itself, okay? So here they are now going go green by pushing electric cars. Do you know the danger of electromagnetic fields that every car will give off? They are so dangerous. They create, they have, and they have created cancer. Never mind disposing the batteries, which are dangerous. Never mind all kinds of other things going on, but just on the hazard of health. And they're so busy with, like, climate change getting us I, all pure and, you know. I, I did not know that. Uh, She's right. I'll, yeah, right. I'll check that out. That's a very good point, Judith. Thanks for telling me about it. Where I thought you were going is that we're empowering China by going to electric cars because you can't have a car battery without rare earth minerals. And we had a monopoly of those, and now we import China makes 80% of it. That's a good point, Judith. I will check that out. Talk Radio 77. WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. a man who leads a life of danger to everyone he meets he stays a stranger with every move he makes another chance he takes odds are he won't live to see tomorrow secret agent so joe biden is in the middle east um and uh, he is uh, basically ignoring the Abraham Accords, um, which is, is this, the stupidest thing he could possibly do. The Abraham Accords were absolutely the most important development in Mideast, the Mideast peace process uh, since, the, since Israel was founded. Uh, what it basically did is it went to Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states, and we already had Egypt. And it said, your big enemy is not Israel, it's Iran. And uh, that's obvious to them, because Israel's not going to launch a nuclear attack on them, but Iran very well might. And they said, hey, we have the perfect coalition here. You combine is Egypt's population, because none of these other countries have many people, Israeli technology, and Saudi and the Gulf Emirates money, and you have a tremendous regional powerhouse. And that was the theme of the Abraham Accords. The earlier peace initiatives were all based on the two-state theory and that you need to negotiate between the Palestinians and the Israelis. But Netanyahu said it best. You can't have one hand clapping. You have a peace negotiation between one side that wants peace and the other side that's drooling for war and started like five wars and will continue to start wars. And they make their living off keeping their people discontent. And the world allows it by subsidizing the peace mission and the uh, the refugee communities, in, uh, which provides nothing but corruption to Arafat and to uh, the other people who are leading the movement. So the Abraham Accords went past that. The Abraham Accord said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to try and patch this together. We will put together an anti-Iranian coalition and bury the hatchet between Egypt and Israel and the Gulf states, uh, which has been basically the battle lines for the last 20 wars in the Middle East. And we're going to form a coalition against the enemy because the friend of, the enemy of our enemy is our friend, is the way the Arab world thinks, and uh, exploiting that ideology and that approach, they brought an entirely new venture to Middle East diplomacy, and it really succeeded. Then the Saudis killed this reporter, I forget his name, 
uh, and it was brutal, it was horrible, and they did, and they're completely responsible for it. But for God's sakes, it's not worth causing a new world war over. Uh, you were making real progress in solving the problems of, of the, of the country, the area that's going to be the flashpoint, uh, for the next war. When, when was this, Dick, circa? Um, last year. Uh-huh. Year before and last year, uh-huh. I forget okay. the actual date. Uh, but, uh, but, and Biden is now in the Middle East, uh, and the only thing he's talking about is getting more oil from Saudi Arabia, which is ludicrous. Uh, the United States has been excoriating Saudis for oil Ugh. and uh, and saying we've got to move away from oil, and now we're coming and begging them for oil. By the way, if they do give us more oil, the big beneficiary will be Russia because it raises the price of oil, uh, which increases the revenues to the Russians. And um, it's just the stupid – the only reason he's doing this is so he can show that he's doing something to lower gas prices. And when gas prices come down, as they inevitably will, because we're entering a recession, we're entering a depression, and in a depression when nobody has work and nobody produces anything, uh, they use a lot less oil. Uh, They don't have a car, so they can't drive. They don't have a job, so they don't use energy. Depressing me. And we're now at the tipping point between inflation and recession. And... In that tipping point, gas will drop in price, uh, and Biden is trying to do this sort of thing so that he can claim credit for it and he can get a plus mark. But ultimately, he is tremendously undermining the chances for peace in the region. Let's go to John in Skillman, New Jersey. Hey, John. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I just can't help but being a little skeptical of the polling results you mentioned earlier, that uh, young people are turning to the Republican Party. I think it was roughly between the ages of 20 and 30. Well, there are two subsets, 20 to 30. Actually, it's three subsets. 20 to 25, there's not much change at all. They're leftists as always. 25 to 30, there is a big change. And 30 to 40, there's a medium change. 30 to 40, Trump is about 10 points ahead of where he was in 2020. Among the voters from 25 to 30, he's about 20 points ahead of where he was. And among the voters 20 to 25, it's the same. But go ahead. Okay, well, uh, I was just considering uh, Biden with his student loan fiasco. He's purchasing, and I mean buying with our tax money, a potential 80 million votes yep. in one shot. Yep. And uh, I, I can't see how you can get around the fact that these people are going to vote for Democrats and their parents as well, and maybe their grandparents, you know, seeing a chance to have some uh, monetary um, yeah. force for well, them. Well, I asked about that in the poll, and... They, of course, favor it, but in terms of making a difference in their vote, they didn't say that it would. Uh, now it probably will, and you're probably right, but um, but it's not the overwhelming, overshadowing issue uh, that Biden thinks it is. And bear in mind the relief he's proposing is fairly limited. I think he only is forgiving or postponing to $10,000 of debt. Am I right about that? And uh, the- That's even definite yet. He just keeps putting it out in the news Yeah, keep the carrot out there in front of these people. Yeah, the problem is um, that he can't get the votes to pass it easily, but the uh, but the pressure is to make 50,000 of debt forgiven, and uh, he's only talking about 10. And we'll see if he can do it. You know, he has to get mansion and cinema. The problem he's got is that when he proposes any legislation, there is a list of 400 amendments the Democratic Party wants they want a bill legalizing abortion right. at the federal level. They want uh, a family, make the family subsidy uh, permanent. Uh, they want climate change legislation. They want all this stuff. And there is enough people that oppose, like Manchin opposes the climate change, that oppose pieces of it that he can't get 51 votes or 50 votes. And uh, the Democratic Party is showing no discipline 
in holding back and letting Biden go ahead and get himself an achievement. And as his numbers drop, his leverage drops. But go talking to John. The question I thought you were going to ask is, what's my sample size? And it's a thousand voters under the age of 40. Um, let's go to Al and Yonkers. Hey, Al. I'm not just calling on you in Yonkers, my friend here. <laughs> He's from Yonkers, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> Yonkers, K-I-S-S, Yonkers. Good to speak to both of you. Uh, I just want to touch on two topics you raised. I know you're short for time. One, I think the Hispanics are leaving uh, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party because, fortunately, they've assimilated into the middle class. Mm-hmm. They've become our policemen, our firemen, our civil servants. I've seen it in Yonkers in my middle-class neighborhood, that my new neighbors, which is a good thing, are Hispanics, uh, whereas used to be mostly predominantly Irish, Italian, Portuguese, and Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is I think the Israelis really better watch the clock. The the clock is ticking. Uh, You know, soon you cannot trust the Iranians. They're going to have the bomb, and the Israelis might have to go it alone. Well, the question that hangs over your question is, will Israel intervene militarily, and can they? And um, my guess is that they will, and my guess, knowing Israel, is that they can. And we shall see about that. It's hard to tell that. Um, but, uh, but your point about the Hispanics is absolutely right. There's one other trend among Hispanics. They are converting from Catholic to evangelical Protestant which makes them much more pro-life and see the world much more in terms of Republican social values. And uh, that trend is going on throughout Latin America and among Latinos in the U.S., particularly among Mexicans. And uh, that's a it, – it's something like 10% every – it's like 1% a year that switch from Catholic to evangelical Protestants. So thanks for your call. So what we talked about today is 50 ways to leave your lover. How does Biden, how do we get rid of Joe Biden? And how do the Democrats shake off their mortal coil and (laughs) dump Joe Biden and get somebody who might be able to run? We're talking about how as race disappears because of intermarriage, its political salience increases and how the Democrats are undermining the goal of female empowerment to help gay women. We're talking about how Gen Z is shifting and going Republican. We're talking about how Biden totally undermined the real prospect for peace in the Middle East. So have a nice weekend, guys. See you. See you next week. Thank you, Dick Morris. And next week we're going to have Tina Forte, the candidate against AOC. My honor. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.